Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome back to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach Christopher McCullough. Well, sometimes you get to work with people and then... um, they do big things, and then you're excited because somebody that you know, not only did they do well, but they're giving their gifts to the planet, they're making a difference in the world, and they're living their purpose. Such is true about our next guest. Mike Sherrick is an extraordinary guy that I've known for a few years. He'll, he'll tell us how many years. I can't remember exactly because, you know, I'm an old guy. Uh, he is irreverent to the extreme. He is a leader, a thought leader, a coach, a barrier breaker. And a guy from Berwyn, Illinois. Berwyn is a uh, suburb of Chicago, and he's written a book called Berwyn Rules, which obviously has a little double meaning there. Uh, the subtitle is Leadership Secrets of 26th Street. And I'm delighted, you know, as much as we love when our friends do well and, and do good, I'm delighted to welcome back to our microphone Mike Sherrick. Hello, sir. Hey, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Listen, I was so happy when I read this book that it is not quite as irreverent and challenging and confronting as you are in person. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried. <clears throat> yeah. You're a guy, kind. You're a guy with some uh, clear opinions. You're a guy with uh, seemingly fearless uh, uh, willingness to go toe-to-toe with people. What was it that had you choose to write a book and, you know, admittedly a, a book with some confrontation in it, with some strong opinions, but a book that seems more accessible to, you know, all people, including the snowflakes and the righteous and the, you know, old <laughs> guard and everyone. Snowflakes. <laughs> yeah, snowflakes, yeah. Um, the first thing to write a book is, you know, as coaches, you know, people want oh you to write God. books. So that was, I mean, if I'm going to tell the truth, that's what it was about, right? But when I started writing a book, it, it you know, if I was really going to say what the origin of the book was, it was actually a conversation you and I had in what? San Diego one day. That's so cool. Do tell. Did I say, yeah, go I mean, write a freaking book? or what? <laughs> what was No, it? no. Remember, remember, we were, uh, it was after a program in San Diego, and we were completing at the end of the day, and we were talking about, you know, the leadership and what was needed in leadership. And then you pulled your pencil out, and you started taking notes, you know? Nice. And I thought, maybe we're on to something here, you know? And that was really kind of the genesis of it. And from there, I started putting together some notes. And then, you know, a few years later, I got a contract. And next thing you know, I had to write a book. So that's kind of how it went. But it's really about, it's really about the, the breakdown in leadership that's occurred. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at standard leadership, it, it, it's basically been the same hierarchical, patriarchal, top-down kind of leadership model from the Roman Empire to World War II. And it just doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been in that inquiry for quite some time prior to meeting you, and then just through a series of events, I started noticing, you know, there is a, there's a couple different ways. And then I really noticed that these, these ways have been being taught to me for 55-plus years. I just wasn't paying attention. So that's kind of the story, the, the background of the book. What would you say is the key, like, driver of the book? Like, what is the main point or the main, like, 
What are people getting? The, the main point, the main driver of the book is you have everything you need within your arm's reach to do whatever you want to do. That we are in complete control of our own lives and we can make any change we want in our organizations and ourselves and our community and our world. Just from where we're standing. That everybody in and of themselves has the power to be a leader right now. Mm. Permission is not required. What do you think is in the way? What has people like, you know, follow oh. the Kardashians instead of being one? Or mm. ideally easier, being a being you know? leader? What? It's easier. Mm. It, it's confronting mm. to stand. Mm-hmm. It's, it takes courage. And, you know, we've kind of gotten to this place where it's more about falling in line than it's about standing up. People are rewarded really well for, you know, following the party line. Mm-hmm. People are rewarded really well for keeping their mouths closed, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's what's happened. For a while it worked, you know? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't work anymore. Not, not to the level it did before. So I think that's what happens. And it's about looking good and, you know. Yeah. And, you know, people, yeah, people want it to be easy. I would, what would, how would, like, in your opinion, like, how would you say, like, what is leadership? How do you define it? And what does that look like from well, your end? It's primarily fulfilling on a vision mm-hmm. that makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's a difference for the people you're committed to. It's fulfilling your commitment. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's, I think it's different for everyone. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think there's one way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So given that, I'm going to mess with you just a little bit if you'll allow it. Sure. Um, you're, sure. Bring it. Yeah. <laughs> so given that definition, then, you know, some of the great despots of the world have been effective leaders, right? How would you characterize the difference between uh, uh, Donald Trump, uh, uh, Hitler, uh, Bill Clinton, and, uh, I don't know, uh, Nelson Mandela? Like, where uh, we could say each of those people is a leader, but are they? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, clearly they... You know, you look at, <laughs> it's interesting how you put four guys in there and there's two teams. That's hilarious. So we'll, we'll say Team A, the team of, that wears the black hats, right? Their primary focus is on themselves and their ego. Mm. And Team B, the good guys, their primary focus is on something external to them. Mm-hmm. Making a difference, making a change for good for all, right? Mm-hmm. I'd like to so, also apologize for not throwing any women in there, you know. Yeah, I'm over here like... Exactly. Seriously? That's why you're here. You've got to balance us white white guys out. <laughs> yeah. You got... Oh, yeah, Clarice, you're dealing with a couple of white guys. What is here. this? What's happening right now? Anyway. Exactly. <laughs> What's happening in the world? Old old white guys think we know something and we're talking all the time. Uh, okay. Exactly. Speaking of which, what do we do... Open mouth. What do we do about that? So, look, one of the things I know and love about you is that you're a guy who doesn't deal in a lot of hyperbole, not a lot of BS, right? You're a guy who gets to the meat Mm -hmm. of the matter pretty quickly and effectively, and you're known for that. And your book advocates that and demonstrates it at the same time, right? I got about a million little corner things. uh, I know, you have bunny ears on the whole book. Right, about things that we're (laughs) going to talk about. But, you know, what we're finding in the world, especially right now, is there's a real awakening around the uh, sexual politics, around the, the yeah. uh, sexism and male domination through, you know, sexual assault, sexual harassment, sexual all sorts of things. And, in fact, in my own company recently, very recently, this week, we had an issue of, let's call it racial insensitivity, where, you know, yeah. somebody talked about a Halloween costume that was completely inappropriate in a professional setting, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, 
for yeah. some people, that's like, you know, snowflakes and we're sensitive and we need to get over it. For other people, that's the main thing wrong with leadership and, and uh, the political dynamics in corporate America. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you say, say about that? Well, I think it's a both and, to quote our dear friend Jody, right? Um, I think there, I think we have become overly sensitive. I think we've created victimization as a new profession. Mm. And I think we have to be responsible for that, okay? Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, I think especially adult, especially white, and especially professional males have to up their game. I think we've been sitting back and just, you know, taking our hands off the wheels and saying, okay, you know, we don't want to rock the boat. And things have gotten crazy, and we participated in it. It is inex- unacceptable that guys like Harvey Weinstein do what they do. And that's just ridiculous. And it's unacceptable that guys like George Clooney or Matt Damon stand by and watch it. Mm. You know, so we have to interrupt the unworkability, mm. regardless of what the cost is, because the unworkability has become so expensive. And 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 I think it's on both sides of the of the ideological line. You know, I don't think there's anyone who's not, um, for lack of a better word, guilty here. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to start looking out what's in the good of the whole as opposed to just for our, each and individual selves, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Is that too general or do you want specific action? No, I love that. I think it's like, it, you know... Christopher goes on the side tangent and those are all very valid points, but I kind of want to reel it back into like really for me personally and those who are listening, like what would you say like back to leadership and distinct distinguishing that, what would you say are four cornerstone distinctions of leadership? Like what are the big meaty pieces that more people need to consider? You're all about the definition today. I like it. I, yeah, this is important. Millennials need to know, like, what does it mean to be a leader? And, you know, people, I think it's too gray. What if you got really clear on that? And when you're really clear on it, I think it's important to, like, ride with that. Pretty sure she took a shot at us right there with the gray. But moving on. (laughs) (laughs) It's too gray in here. (laughs) All gray, white guy shot. (laughs) That's right. No, I, I, I actually do think there are, there are four distinct cornerstones to leadership that exist today. And I think the first one is a distinction called being, being given, being in action by something greater than you. To, to make that shorter, it's actually identifying what your purpose is, what's your purpose for being here on the planet, right? At Accomplishment Coaching, they do that great exercise early on. What's your life purpose? Mm-hmm. If you connect to that, like really connect to it, that's a great place to start. The next distinction, I think, is, is being cause in the matter, which is just extreme ownership, responsibility, like no excuses, no victimization, no excuses, like you own it. If you say, yep, it's yours, you mm-hmm. own it 100%. Mm-hmm. The next distinction, I think, is authenticity, like truly being authentic. And authentic isn't being real. It's not emoting. It's not spewing every thought that goes through your head. Authenticity is really operating, again, another accomplishment coaching distinction would be operating truly from your essence. Mm-hmm. It's operating at your highest and best self all mm-hmm. the time and being responsible when you're not. Mm-hmm. Like the best place to be authentic is to identify when you're not being authentic. Identify when you're irritated, which I'm mostly irritated. You know, identify when you're, you know, triggered. Identify when you're upset. Identify when you're looking good. You know, identify when you're being irresponsible. You know? And then the last, and I think the most powerful distinction, is integrity. 
And it's just honoring your word and honoring yourself as your word and doing what you know is expected. I think with those four key to stay, I actually went to a workshop and we, we spent a day and a half breaking down all the characteristics of leadership and there were like 150 people in the room. And that's the four we identified as the key common distinctions. If someone demonstrates those on a regular basis, they're a pretty freaking good lead, leader. Nice. I'm looking for how, you know, they all seem a little bit, well, massively subjective, right? Because one person's Mm -hmm. integrity isn't another and one person's authenticity isn't another. What's the, um, when when you approach leaders, when you're working with leaders Mm -hmm. and leadership, or maybe it's in the book, how do we, how do we true ourselves? What do we true ourselves to in terms of integrity, authenticity, or or even being cause in the matter? Because... You know, a lot of people will say, I'm being caused in the matter by bitching about what you did. Well, that's, first of all, that's BS, number one, because bitching isn't, that's, that's not being caused in the matter. Mm. You know, like, <clears throat> it's bitching, okay? <laughs> so, and, and we have to be careful because people will play like linguistic gym- gymnastics with things. Mm. And so the only true thing that can true us up, and this is a tricky part of leadership, is our internal compass. I, Christopher, I, can't, I, I have no say in the matter of your integrity. I have no say in if you're being caused in the matter or not. I, I don't. All I have to do is create a relationship with you and get in relationship and understand you, and all I can do is reflect and, and ask you questions. That's the power of coaching. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. Why, that's why leaders need coaches, and that's why coaches are leaders. Is, you, know, you, you need to have a structure that reflects back to how you're operating. Otherwise, you, you, know, you can become a tester. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that main piece. It almost It's not like a step-by-step, but it almost found, sounds like if you find your life purpose first and you do that and create that, it's almost like everything else falls mm-hmm. into place. And it's like the life purpose it just could, needs yeah. to be big enough for you to actually be mm-hmm. able to be and come from authenticity and show up with integrity. And I love the be, being cause in the matter. It's almost like just complete ownership. And yeah. that's huge. Yeah. Well, the whole, you know, the, that the purpose is actually, you know, how it was taught to me was being given, being in action by something greater than you. Mm-hmm. So it's beyond your ego. Mm-hmm. And it's beyond your wants and needs. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of that thing we're born with. That is really like, you know, like, you know, you distinguish, it's your life purpose. It's like, why are we here? And it's not to just drive a Tesla. Mm -hmm. Although that's cool. It's not the purpose, you know, or it's Mm -hmm. not to have, you know, $10 million in cash. Very cool, but it's not enough to actually be worthy of one's life. Well, that's, I want to like point that out. And I don't know if there's a question here. Like maybe the question is, what I hear in what you're saying is that maybe some people lead from their ego and maybe that is the one or the things that are maybe money driven, right? Versus if they <laughs> deep dive a little deeper <laughs> and they really get to like the pure essence purpose, that that becomes like a different type of leader in itself. So is do you mm-hmm. see that that's what most people are doing? They're not really diving to the deeper piece. And that's why some leaders are maybe a little more questionable because it's leading from ego. Well, I think I think that's kind of how this whole thing is set up. Is you mm-hmm. know most 
I mean, just look at a resume. Just look at anybody's resume. It's almost always about me, 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 what I've done, all my accomplishments, blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you, when you have initial conversations with people, they just tell you about themselves and all they accomplish and everything's about them. And, and that's great. It, 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 the ego actually drives us, you know, because if it was just about sitting on top of a mountain, nothing would get done. You know, I, mean, I would I would love to be that guy, but you know I got to pay the bills too. So I think it's a healthy balance between some ego, but really the thing that's going to keep it going and have you go through the eye of the needle to face the real demons to, to to actually handle those real challenges in a way that can make a difference is being connected to one's essence or being connected to that purpose that's greater than you. Mm-hmm. One of the things that. I'm hearing throughout this conversation is really, and throughout the book, the book is Berwyn, B-E-R-W-Y-N, Rules, uh, is consistently a call to action, right? You're a guy who doesn't want us to sit around and ponder, right, or mm-hmm. get to the mountaintop. You're like, get, get clear about it and start moving. Um, mm-hmm. I, I also want to point to that the action given by as you say, something other than you, the action given by integrity, the action given by authenticity, or given by being caused in the matter is different than most of the action that we're taking, is what I see. So with that in mind, what's the number one thing? When you walk into a situation where you're coaching or consulting with a leader or developing them, what's the, what's the first call to action? What's the first place you, you start? Is it integrity? Is it that purpose? Is it Look, you know, getting the feedback from people around them. Where do you start? No, the first place I start is to get a clear definition of what self. Mm-hmm. Like, what are they really dealing with, right? Mm-hmm. To find out, you know, where, where are they standing? Mm-hmm. Where are they located? Hey, listen, have you ever have you ever gone on a trip and you're lost? I've never gone on a trip. I'm kidding. Yes, <laughs> we've both gone on <laughs> trips and gone lost. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And you get lost, right? Right. So it's that moment when you're lost where you're freaking out. But as soon as you figure out where you're at, it doesn't matter where you're at. You can get yourself out of it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really identifying where you're at. Like It's like when you go to the mall, you are here. You know, That's always the first place. Right. And it's not just like you are here like locating. like, um, But it's like you are here relative to what you're committed to. Mm-hmm. You know, relative to um, what you're really up to, what you want to make happen. Mm-hmm. You know, very. I, I almost never get a call from somebody that they want to start coaching because everything is great, completely knocked. You know, <laughs> yeah, dude. Listen, my my life is so working. I think I'll get a coach. I've yet to get right. that call. Have you? <laughs> no. Huh? <laughs> yes, and it's boring. Um, the, okay, let's look. <laughs> let's look at a different area. When people yeah. come to you that are coaches, yeah. right? Yeah. And you you start someplace with a coach, somebody who wants to make a bigger difference, make a bigger impact, or even maybe write their book. Where do you start with them? What what would you have our fifty thousand or so listeners do today or this week? What call to action do you have? Well, I would I would really have them look like what's behind it, what's the why behind it? Mm. Why do you write a book? Right? What what's that message? One of the really great things I got out of this, right? Like you when you started this, this show, you talked about him a guy of opinions. Mm-hmm. Right? Pretty hello pretty hilarious. I have a few opinions, right? Just a couple maybe. But what I what I really learned by writing the book, Christopher, your opinions are worthless if no one listens to them. And your opinions are worthless if they don't land 
and impact and cause others to take action. Mm-hmm. So what is, what is the action you want your opinion to generate? What is, the, mm-hmm. what is the difference you want that opinion, that idea, that thought to move? You know, mm-hmm. it's only one more question. Mm-hmm. And, and what is, what is it the reason, what's really driving the voice? Mm-hmm. And really look there. That's, that's where I would go. Yeah, I think that... And I don't have to be right about it. There's, a, there's almost this visual that I create in the work that I'm doing, is that it's a spiral journey. And maybe you start at the oh. top of the spiral when you show up and you're not a coach yet or you're not really sure what you want to do, but it's like you take witness and you become like the individual who takes inventory of everything that's happening in life or hasn't happened or that you're doing. But then it's like maybe you give it a shot. Maybe you go down that spiral one rung and then it's like maybe two and then you get stopped again and maybe you are the coach and maybe you've been doing this five years. But it's still like the taking the inventory at that point of like what is so? Where am I stopped? What's working? What's not? And then like what I heard you just say is like, I can't stop saying deep dive now because this guy told me not to. (laughs) And then you just dive one wrong dinger deeper and then you just start to really assess like what's underneath all of that. Like how deep is the purpose? How deep is the vision? And, you know, are you enrolling people in the vision? If it's not clear, then not likely. So you love that. That's huge. I like it. Um, Berwin. Berwin rules. What? What's yeah. the significance of Berwyn? I've read the book, obviously. I know, I know what it is. But give us, a, give us a sense of why Berwyn rules. And then, if you're willing, the rules part. Let's talk about Berwyn and rules. Take up to oh, one moment. Yeah. Take up to one minute to talk about <laughs> that. <laughs> Brief synopsis, ready yeah, to go. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Berwyn, you know, Berwyn is just a place I grew up, right? And, it's, uh, and I grew up in an amazing time. I grew up in the, the 60s in... Uh, you know, just outside the great city of Chicago with, you know, Mayor Daly. I rode my bike to the 1968 convention. Oh, my God. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Did not yeah. get your head so, busted because you were too young. Got it. Well, I went during the day. All, most of the head busting was going on at night, hmm. you know. I wasn't allowed to ride my bike at night. So. I don't But I went down to the Blackstone Hotel. I saw Eugene McCarthy walking through Grant Park. Wow. But, um, you know, Berlin was this really iconic place, and it was – even though it was, you know, six miles from downtown or seven miles from downtown, it was, in a lot of ways, a million miles away, you know? And it was, um, it was kind of a really blue-collar place, but it was also a very matriarchal place. So it was a little bit different than the rest of the places that I'd been, you know? And the people from Berlin were a little bit different. And I didn't realize it until I'd been gone for quite a while, you know? I just thought everybody was that way. Mm-hmm. And... It was this great blend of civility and survival of the fittest, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we really learned a lot of great lessons and great skills at a pretty young age. And there was, a, you know, a pretty substantial work ethic. And, you know, you got, you know, you had to stand up for yourself once in a while. And, you know, sometimes you'd get a straight knee. My, my, one of my enough. favorite parts in the book is fighting. And what and what the, yeah. the posture and and purpose of fighting in the street? It's a wonderful book yeah. that's part <laughs> memoir, part many strong lessons, and part opinion. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but our time is is fleeting, and I want to give you the last minute of our time together. What would you like to use, say, or provide as a parting shot or a parting thought today, Mr. Sherrod? Well, I just most most I want to acknowledge you and thank you for everything you've done and contributed to me and to all the hundreds and thousands of people you've impacted in your life. 
You know? Finally, this yeah. is what this is what this minute's been for the entire time. Yeah, yeah, no. why, this is why I brought him here. I was like, it's, I'm kidding. You know. Thank you so much for the acknowledgement. And no, how I can do, yeah. how can people find more about you and the work that you do? How can we how can we get in touch with you if we want to work with you? You can call me at six three zero six four three six three three six. I've got a website, MikeSherrickGroup.com. You can do that. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty much all over LinkedIn. Uh, you can call you, and you can get a hold of me. That's true. I'm pretty. I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. I I'm love not, you. Uh, can, I'm not a state secret. You can tell old guys because we use phones. Still. I know. I it's that, like right? a phone. That's awesome. <laughs> all right. The book is Berwin Rules. The man is Mike Sherrick. Go find him. Go find him on LinkedIn or or just call us. We'll tell you. That's another edition. Yeah, you can get my book on Amazon. Yeah, that's right. Or wherever fine books are sold. All right. Well, that's another edition of the Coaching Show. Thank you, Clarice, Empowering Women Coach. Thank you, Mike Sheriff, and thank you, dear listeners. Talk to you next week. Join Culinary Masters and Legendary Winemakers for one of the largest Epicurean celebrations, the 14th Annual San Diego Bay Wine and Food Festival. From November 12th through the 19th, this week-long extravaganza features celebrity and local chefs, 200 amazing wineries, 70 of San Diego's best restaurants, and it's a week of citywide events. Go to VinVillage.com to save big on select tickets. For event and hotel packages, visit SanDiegoWineClassic.com. That's SanDiegoWineClassic.com. Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge coaches training program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the Coaches Training Program, just call 1-888-548-6813. That's 1-888-548-6813. Hi, Scale listener. This is David Finkel, co-host with Jeff Hoffman of Scale Your Business. I wanted to let you know that our newest book, Scale, was just released and to encourage you to get your copy. The book will give you seven proven principles to grow your business and get your life back. Scale will help you work less by getting your business to produce more. Get your copy online or at your local bookseller. For more information, visit us online at scaleyourbusinesstoolkit.com. Cybersecurity is the fastest growing job sector. The San Diego Mayor's Cyber Cup encourages kids to consider computer security as an interesting course of study and a valuable career path. Securing our eCity helps lead this youth competition to create interest and awareness among students and their schools. The San Diego Mayor's Cyber Cup. Learn more at securingourecity.org or call 619-630-2444. Do you love wine? but it doesn't love you back in the morning? Then it's time to try Alcotox, the ultimate hangover cure. Alcotox is a dietary supplement that reduces the harmful side effects of alcohol, and it benefits all alcohol consumers, not just those who occasionally overindulge. 
So now, for less than the cost of a drink, you can wake up hangover free. To learn more, go to vinvillage.com and let Alcotox make hangovers a thing of the past.